Peace and blessings and welcome to another episode of Sickle Teller. Uh, yeah, trying to get consistent. So here I am, second week of the new year and more topics to discuss. You know, I still am trying to keep it on a wider scale. So there's definitely going to be some new topics coming in. Um, there's definitely been some people that have heard... Uh, last week's episode and we're very excited about the changes that it will bring into the idea of what sickle teller is by um, incorporating different ailments and um, disorders and just situations that people themselves are going through Uh, that was something that I definitely got a lot of good feedback in regards to. So I'm excited about that to hear, you know, what people's stories that do not have anything to do with sickle cell and, you know, their experiences would be like. Because there's one thing that we definitely will share will be those experiences in that we've all had our own experiences and we've all had our own trials and tribulations in life. And the most important part about that is sharing it so that others can get clarity as to why things happen the way they do but also so they can see how they can better their situation however possible so i'm super super excited about that and i'm super grateful for everybody who's taking the time to listen and was able to um gain some information from what was shared on the last episode uh now as far as this week's episode goes um i was doing a little bit of just uh, I mean, you know, with sickle cell anemia, again, sometimes you kind of have to do research. You know, you kind of have to put yourself in a position to just learn some new things because it's not a guarantee that walking into a hospital, which is not always the best place to be, uh, you're going to get new information in the manner in which you're liking and in, in the manner that you would like to receive it. Uh, so in the midst of doing that, I was on YouTube and I had come across a video. No, I'm lying. I came across a video that somebody had shared and it had T-Boz in the video and it was a clip in which she was um, talking about her book, A Sick Life. So I went and found the entire interview and I watched that. And there is a lot of like important information in regards to her experiences with sickle cell and uh, what that has meant for her and her life journey and um you know it was it was just eye-opening um i to the point where i think i actually want to take the time to read the book and really get from her perspective what it was like being a celebrity or a singer or just a young woman with sickle cell anemia and she was actually misdiagnosed um she spoke on how at the age of seven, when she was told she had sickle cell anemia, it wasn't the actual version of sickle cell anemia that she had. And she was only informed of the proper diet. She was only given the proper diagnosis at the age of 28. So um, I thought that was very interesting because it just kind of shows how intriguing it is for somebody who has sickle cell to really get the right information without doing their own research. So as I was doing this research and I came across this video, she brought up a very important topic. And that's kind of what I wanted to speak about in this episode. And she was pretty much just talking about 
mind over matter and how she had to in certain situations just be super super thoughtful about what it is she was going into and if she wanted or did not want to partake in certain treatments or activities or situations that were presented to her at various times in her life uh, especially in regards to sickle cell and it really made me think about how important your mindset is when not only you have a sickness ailment pre-existing condition but something that affects your life in a manner that is so wide it's not just on one spectrum but it's on a full-fledged um it affects so much of your life that you can't just assumably compartmentalize what this does or what this what role this plays in your everyday experiences but not everybody has been exposed to how to go about doing that in a beneficial way for themselves and that's something that I found to be very interesting um, because I've always felt that you know if I in my mind believe that I'm stronger then my physical will slowly follow after and that's gotten me through a lot of my, you know, toughest and hardest times was just being mentally strong in as opposed to physically strong. Because without the, the mental being strong, it was always like this. I always felt like pain is felt in the brain before it's felt in the body. Because as much as it hurts to have something done to you, you actually have to have that physical response sent to your brain to understand that it is pain. So if you yourself can come to a place of managing your response to pain in a certain manner, it therefore allows you to fight certain situations from a physical standpoint and a more proactive stance. That sounds extremely confusing to someone who may have never been in a very um, difficult physical situation. But for those that are, it might be a little easier to understand. Um, and it's tough to even try to wrap your hands, your head around the idea of what that means, because that means that you have to almost know what being in a life-altering or traumatic or a physically uh, stressful situation is like. And then you have to also understand what it is like to be able to consciously understand what situation you're in because it's hard. I mean, if you think about, for example, if, you're, if a, the fire alarm goes off, most people don't have the, like, the, the, the thought process to stop and focus on certain things. They're just worried about getting out of the house, which is not, or getting out of, you know, said location, which is not wrong. That's not wrong. That's your first instinct. But sometimes being able to stop for that one second to evaluate your situation and make the best overall decision, that requires a little bit more of your mental to kick in 
as opposed to your physical automatically doing what it needs to. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of training. And I felt like that's something that is important to anybody who is in any situation in which they have to deal with something that is physical to the point where it affects their mental. Um, Again, like I myself have had so many different times in which I have had to... Okay, so um, I had a liver abscess when I was in high school, and I was hospitalized for six weeks because of it. Now, I didn't realize what was the cause, and I still don't know what the cause of that liver abscess was in high school, but um, they did so many different processes to figure out what the problem was at that particular moment, and for me you know, at the age of 15, you know, just going through these thoughts in your head of like, well, it's not sickle cell. So what is it? What could possibly be wrong? Like, I don't feel wrong. I don't feel like I'm not myself, but I know that something is off because I keep having these, you know, extremely high fevers and, you know, so on and so forth. And it wasn't until I received the sonogram, um, was when they figured out what the problem was and I had to have emergency surgery um, and the emergency surgery was, um, for them to remove what was a grapefruit size abscess from my liver. And when they did, the process was, um, was something that was a very challenging physical thing to do because in order for them to do what they needed to do, I still needed to be awake. So they had given me local anesthesia, and in receiving local anesthesia, it was only the top layer of my skin that wasn't going to feel anything. Once they had penetrated that, I still was conscious, and I was still was awake, so everything else I felt 100%. And it was difficult. It wasn't difficult to go through the surgery, because that was tough. It was difficult after the surgery, because I knew that there was still so much more that I needed to get through to get back to being quote unquote normal. I had lost so much weight because I wasn't eating and it was just, it was just challenging. But as they removed this liver abscess, I was now given, um, they had left a tube in that I had to drain, I believe two to three times a day with, uh, saline to make sure that whatever, um, was left of that abscess would be removed so every day for it must have been like maybe two weeks to a month um I had to go you know myself manually and drain the fluid out of this abscess and do you know so on and so forth and the reason why I bring this up in regards to being mentally prepared for a physical change and having mind over matter is I had up until that point, known what physical pain felt like. So I had in no, um, in no way, shape, or form expected that there could be other directions of physical pain that could happen just because of a health scare. I was so one-track mind on sickle cell and just like, you know, I knew what a cold felt like. I knew what, um, you know, a scrape felt like, but I had never felt this physical kind of pain so it was very new to have almost a hole left in your body 
um, because of something that had occurred. And then to have to self, to yourself, clean and fix this situation that you are now dealing with and you don't even know how it started um, was difficult. But mentally, because I had seen so many different things having sickle cell, it was more the physical part that I was trying to adjust to, but not the battle of mentally getting through it. Because I knew that as long as I did what I needed to, I would be able to get through this. I just had to stay focused and continue to fight, you know, the mental fight as much as the physical fight. Because even being in the hospital for six weeks, it takes a toll on how you interact with people, um, how you interact with the staff inside of the hospital, how you would stay mentally uh, strong. Because again, you 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 haven't you got to think about like the luxuries that are had just by, let's say, being quote unquote healthy. If you're healthy, you get to get up and go outside every single day. For people that deal with any sort of physical ailments or sicknesses where they have to have long belts in the hospital, there is no in and out where you get to go outside for 10, 15 minutes. You're attached to a machine. You're on a floor that might be three, four, five flights above actual ground level. And nobody's just going to give you a pass to go outside just because you've been here for two weeks, three weeks. Like, that's not how this works. You're almost a prisoner to your health. And that in its own right takes so much mental stability to get through because one can go crazy. You know, when the hospital visits start to slow up, when the phone calls start to get further and further apart when the routine of being in a hospital feels more normal than the routine of being in society you have to find some way to stay focused on what you want and I know for me music was always super important like I always need like if I if I'm if I was knowingly going into a hospital, I needed headphones. I needed either my computer or my phone or something that I can use music to tune out of what I was physically going through, even to transport myself into a new place outside of what I was going through. Because mentally, if you get fixated on the pain, that's when it hurts so much more. And I speak from experience. Like I've had crises where I've gone to work in certain settings or got up and still did more than I was supposed to because I was trying to be I was trying to allow my mind to overcome the matter not to get lost in the pain but to understand that I can still accomplish something at this present moment I'm not completely unable to do um which is you know, probably a benefit that I've learned to um, live with because I've had sickle cell since a child. And 
once you go through the process of crises and you know having to use the bathroom but your legs are in pain and it's like all right well I could wait for somebody to come and help me go to the bathroom or I could try to go to the bathroom on my own and mustering up the mental strength to do so is it's 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 powerful because it reminds you of what you're capable of but sometimes it's hard because you know what type of pain you might put yourself through to try to push yourself to being strong mentally and not just physically um so that stay you know was one of the first times especially as I was coming into my own as a young man in which I was so separated from society and I was so um, withdrawn from everything that I had known that it it gave me a clear understanding of what mental fortitude was and being able to just stick to the idea of fighting through the, the pain and what it is that you want to do. Now, while that story... Um, is even a little bit more impactful is because at that very moment when I had um, gone into the hospital, I was battling with this um, this issue for a while. I kept getting this fever, and you know, it would it would come and then it would go, it would come and it would go. But this particular time, I was in school and I'd passed out in class, and um, you know. It was just crazy because I remember I was in English class and um, when I passed out, I kind of lost consciousness for a second. And then, you know, they took me downstairs to the nurse's office, called my mom, my mother picked me up and I was with her the entire day. Um, and that day is super vivid to me just because of a lot that went on that day. We spoke about a lot and, you know, everything was just it seemed normal. But my mother was like, you know what? You still need to go to the hospital and just make sure that everything is okay. And because I had a fever, they wouldn't um, allow me to leave because typically with a fever, it means that there's something going on in your body, some sort of effect infection. And with the with hospitals, if there's an infection or a fever, they just can't let you leave. That's their policy because God forbid you leave and you die. It's on their hands. So they will not let you leave with a fever. So although I felt physically fine, I still needed to go into the hospital to figure out what was wrong. Um, and just with the fever, it kept coming back. Now that very Friday, I had tried out for the ta- the talent show and I had actually made it to be a part of the talent show. So I was really looking forward to performing in this talent show on Friday and on Tuesday when I had gotten sick, um, I had no intentions of not coming back to school for Friday for the talent show, but that didn't happen, obviously, because I was in the hospital for six weeks. So even that was like a huge blow because at the age of 15, like to to feel that you're not going to be a part of a, a group because of something that you can't control was completely demoralizing. Like, you know, just being in that hospital and just having to look at the time and know that the entire school is at school right now watching the talent show that I was supposed to be at and I can't even 
you know, leave this hospital because I'm still dealing with, I don't even know what, even if it was sickle cell, I could at least say I'm having a sickle cell crisis and I know what I can get through or I know how long it'll take, but I didn't even know what was going on here. So that alone could, was partially frightening because it was like, well, you know, what does this mean? Like, does this mean that, you know, something is bigger? Is this because of sickle cell? Like, I just, I didn't know how to take it. So it was just so traumatic in the sense of being removed from, like, I'd been in the hospital before, but I'd been in the hospital for maybe a week. Or I, you know, be in the hospital for two days and then I'd be home for like three or four days. So it was like, I could still have friends come over. I could go outside with my mom and my dad, you know, and get fresh air or go to the store or whatever the case is. But to just feel removed from society in such a, a prompt way, it was different, you know. And it was really the first time that I had really come to understand like how I had to be mentally stronger than I was physically. Because it's tough. Like, you, everybody, you know, whenever something happens, the first response is never going to be, like, the last response. Meaning, if you get married or if you have a baby or if you get into some sort of, you know, something chaotic happens where, you know, maybe you're in the hospital, whatever the case is. When people first hear about it, their emotions are going to be super high, you know, if it's a good thing, super low, if it's a bad thing. But as the days begin to go, you know, further and further along, people's lives start to kick back in. And your life, as much as you feel that it's important to you, it kind of slowly starts to lessen in the the scope of importance in other people's day-to-day lives because they still have bills or they still have family they tend to and as much as you would love to be the number one priority for them it's impossible but who that's in the hospital feels that they're not a priority so it's a very challenging position to be in because you're essentially trying to understand what it is that to you feels normal by being in a hospital, but to somebody else who may or may not be in a hospital, who have, who may or may not have ever been in a hospital, or for somebody who may or may not know what it's like to be in a hospital for an extended period of time, the feeling of no longer getting, you know, support or kind words or well wishes can really start to affect how you feel about yourself and about others. And it's a dark, dark place that you can fall into because you just are getting, it's, it's, you're alone. Like you're alone. You know, the, the hospital staff isn't family. They aren't friends. They're there to do a job. They still get to go home after their eight, 10, 12 hour shift, whereas you don't have anybody that you would quote unquote consider family there 24 seven. Um, I mean, you may be fortunate enough to have that, but not everybody's fortunate. I mean, God forbid, if you don't have family, 
how does one have support if you don't have family, you know? But being mentally strong, that is probably the easiest way to feel the most protected emotionally in these situations. Because there's nothing you can do. Excuse me, physically, there's nothing you can do. You can't force anyone to feel any sort of emotion for you in that situation. You can't force anyone to physically come and spend time with you. And even if you could, at what point is it going to be genuine or just something that they did because you're forcing them to do so? Like You don't want anybody to be around you when you're not at your best just because. You want them to be there because they they want to. They want to you know, be supportive and they want to spread positive energy and they want to, you know, make you feel loved and welcomed and, you know, part of something. Nobody wants to have somebody there that doesn't want to be there. But you don't understand how difficult it can be for someone on the outside to try to balance having a family member or someone that they may care about or may have a relationship with in the hospital and trying to do both. Um, And... You know, just the idea of mind over matter really allows somebody who feels lost in those moments to just be so much more clear-headed and not take these things so personal because nobody wants to see anybody in pain. Nobody wants to see anybody struggling. Nobody wants to see anybody going through something that they cannot physically help them get through. But nobody wants to stop living their lives either. And you have to always be mindful of this is a world in which individuals are always going to think to protect themselves first and then include others around them. Because if you can't save and protect yourself, how can you do anything for anyone else? So... You know, it it struck me very, very deeply as she brought up, you know, the idea of mind over matter. Um, and I feel that not just with sickle cell, you know, and, and that's why I brought up the idea of being in a hospital and having a liver abscess because that wasn't, again, with sickle cell, like I could be home. If I was home in a hospital, I mean, if I was home dealing with a crisis, I could have people come visit me. You know, I could possibly go out to visit, you know, mind over matter doesn't seem as necessary. Or if I'm in a crisis for a few days, I mean, yeah, it sucks. But I know after three, four, maybe two weeks, depending on how severe I'll be able to go home. But in that very situation where I didn't know what was going on until maybe week two, week three of testing. And this is every type of test, like every single type of test that they were doing to try to figure out what was going on because they did not know. To this day, they still truly don't know how I had that liver abscess. And, you know, I'm just thankful that I didn't have a situation that came back up because of it. Like, you know, I didn't have any other abscesses or things uh, health-wise that came up because of it. So I'm super grateful, but nobody knew what was the cause of that and that alone is extremely scary at 15 to think 15 16 to think like wow 
something's wrong. The doctors don't know what's wrong. And I'm just in the hospital until they figure it out. And we don't know how long it could take to figure out. And we don't know what's wrong. So we don't know what it will take to fix this. Like, that's a scary place to be in at the age of 15, period. No matter who you are, no matter what you've been through, like, to feel hopeless because you don't know about what will be and what is going to happen is scary, period. But mentally, for some reason, and I think about it now as I'm recollecting on, you know, the experience, I had fear of the unknown, but I wasn't scared of facing it. I just didn't know what I was facing, and that's what scared me. Once I knew what it was, it just was something that was like, all right, well, we just have to get to work and figure out how we're going to make this situation better, how I'm going to get through this, how I'm going to make this something that I do on my own because I've understood what it takes to do it on my own. I don't necessarily need to have a nurse come to the house to um, help me with this procedure because I figured out, all right, so, you know, take a syringe, fill it with saline, uh, inject the saline into the, the tube, let the tube fill into your liver, remove whatever fluid comes out, drain that out and do that over and over until you see completely clear fluid. I had to do that at the age of 15 and 16 because that's what was going to get me back into my regular life. And the same way people have to do what they need to do on the outside, you know, because life doesn't stop, you have to do the same thing when you're dealing with what you're dealing with. Because just because you're uncertain of what the end result is doesn't mean that you can't be mentally prepared to fight to the bitter end. It's hard. It's difficult. It is completely difficult to... Like, I was talking to my homegirl, and she had reminded me that she was uh, in the hospital at one point for seven months. Now, let's be honest. To be anywhere for that long of a period of time, especially if it's hospitalized... You have to mentally be prepared for that because after week, after month two or three of not working, but still having bills, that's going to start to kick in after month two or three of not being able to interact with society the way you have known that's going to kick in after month two or three of, you know, again, all the love and all the support that people were giving you before starting to slow down that's going to start to kick in and the only way one would be able to get through that without going completely insane is being mentally prepared for all of these things by just knowing that there has to be a strong aspect in regards to how you're approaching this like if you can't be physically strong you have to be mentally strong if you can't be like mentally strong you have to be physically strong i always believe that mentally being being mentally strong will always result in a better outcome because 
when you're physically tired, like if you look at marathon runners, their bodies sometimes start to give in and then their mind or their willpower, which is controlled by their mind, that kicks back in and then they push themselves further sometimes to to limits that they did not know that they could go to because their mental fortitude has allowed them to tap into different parts of who they are, their psyche, their physical attributes to push them to being greater than they are expecting to in those particular moments. And, um, you know, it was just like a reminder that like, even like for me at this age now to be in a hospital for seven months not being able to provide for myself and my future family, not being able to interact with the outside world in the manner in which I know, not being able to just enjoy nature and having, you know, the the luxury to move on your own time, like to get up and go and do something by yourself. That is difficult to know what the world feels like, like the actual pulse of the world because you're not a part of it like that's difficult and the only way that you really will get through that is being mentally prepared for it like period like nobody just imagine being a three-year-old child a seven-year-old child who's in a children's hospital for you know something as severe as like leukemia or you know anything like that and they they spend like two or three months at a time in the hospital like you can't build friendships at that age because you don't understand what it's like to be in school for a full school year. That eventually has to play a part on your psyche to the manner that you're going to become, quote unquote, socially awkward because you've never gotten a chance to truly socialize with people the way you would like to. You've never gotten an opportunity to truly um, build relationships the way you want to. And it's not your fault. So you have to now have the mental fortitude to know that it's not your fault and to not get lost in that but most importantly even if you aren't mentally strong enough to say that it's not your fault we have to start being so much better at being mentally strong enough to admit that we're not mentally strong you know like mind over matter is so important but it's even more important when you can utilize it to explain that like mentally i am not where i need to be Physically, I am not where I need to be. I need to go and have somebody help me through this process or I need have I need to have somebody to speak to because that's the truest display of strength when you can not only understand where you need help, but also explain to others why you're in need of this help or why you need to do what it is that you need to do for these situations because if you can't advocate for yourself and that's another thing she spoke about which is super important if you can't express what it is that you're dealing with to others nobody will ever truly understand what it is you're dealing with period no matter if you're male female you're old young if it's something that just started happening to you or been or has been happening to you since you were a baby if you can't advocate for yourself what's going on or if you can't express how you need help or what type of help you need you're always going to be in a position of struggling not because it's what you deserve but it's because you are struggling to deal with something on your own 
that if you knew how to ask for help, you would be able to advance better in that. Like, there's so many times where I'm at home and I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to go to the hospital. And then, you know, my family members will say, but if you do need to go to the hospital, you'll tell us, right? And I'll always say, trust me, you'll know if I need to go to the hospital. And that moment when I need to go, I was like, nope, I can't. I have to go to the hospital. Like, this doesn't make sense for me to sit here and not get necessary help at this moment. I need to go to the hospital. But that's me knowing my body, me understanding what I can take and what I can't take, what I'm willing to endure and what I'm not willing to endure. And there's just certain moments where it's like I'm not willing to, you know, fight without having some help. There's times where I can fight on my own, but there's times where I, I can't and I need help. And those are the moments in which it's just being mentally stronger than you are physically strong. It's tough, you know. It is tough. Again, I, I'm reiterating it because I do not at any point want anyone to feel like I'm making it sound easy. Trust me. If anybody knows how difficult it is, I certainly do. But what I also do know is that the only thing that's difficult about that process is doing it alone or doing it to the point that you don't know that you can ask for help. Like, I never want people to feel that they can't ask for help or that they're doing this or going through, going through this alone because... Everybody's had their traumatic experiences one way or another. Everybody, like nobody's life is so perfect that they've never experienced pain. And nobody's life is so perfect that they don't know what it's like to have to mentally be stronger than they're physically stronger. The difference is some people deal with it to the point that it's second nature where others, they forget what that feels like. And when they're reminded of it, that's when humility comes back into play. Because you have to be shoot, you have to have humility when you don't have anything else. Like to be humble is something that you never lose because mentally, to understand how difficult it is to ask someone to help you have to say use the bathroom. Something that you've been taught to do on your own since you were three or four, to have to almost revert back to being a child to ask somebody to help you use the bathroom bathroom that literally brings about humility like you have to have a certain level of humility to ask that for that kind of help but mentally you have to be strong enough to know why you're asking for it it's not because you're weak it's because you physically need the help because you can't do it and It's a tough concept. It's a tough concept. But I really do feel that if at any point there's a a situation that you're going through, take the time to just stop and be as honest to yourself about where you are mentally about this situation and how you can use your mental state to hopefully overcome your physical state. It doesn't always have to be in regards to health. It could be in regards to a relationship that you might be in or a job that you're in or anything. Mind over matter is not, in this context, only in regards to health. Although that's my basis point because that's the inspiration behind this topic, but it's not only about health. 
you know, to transition from being, you know, a freshman in, in college to a senior that's a valedictorian, that's mind of a matter. You you don't just do these things. You have to prepare yourself mentally for what might physically seem impossible. You know, it's the same formula. You're just utilizing it in different aspects of your life in different situations. But the mind is the strongest muscle in the body. Nobody speaks about that enough. Without your mind, everything that you do would be so difficult. For me to speak about everything, I'm using my mind to bring these thoughts back. I can't run back in time to show everybody how much pain I was in. But mentally, I can paint the picture to show you what it felt like or what the experiences were like. And that's why this topic means so much to me. Because if you can't, like, if you can't utilize your your mind to overcome your physical um, environment, everything is going to be so tough. So, 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 so tough. So tough. Um, I really would like for... I really would like for as many people um, to see that video. So I'm going to try to get it into the show notes. So you can, um, you know, watch the video on your own. There's a a lot of important information just about um, the experiences in regards to sickle cell and her experiences and what she's doing and um, how much help she's contributing to, you know, the advancement of sickle cell anemia. It's, you know, I was blown away just because I I always looked at T-Boz as one of those people's T-Boz and Rest in Peace Prodigy. Um, those were the two people that made me feel like, all right, if they can do something, I can find something to do. Because if it wasn't for those two people, I don't know what I would believe my life to be. You know, getting sick and being in the hospital so many times as a young child, like as a child, you just think like, what kind of a life will I have with this being my norm? Like, who's going to want to hire me or who's going to want to, you know, give me an opportunity to prove my worth if I'm always sick or I'm always battling some sort of a crisis? Seeing them like being like, superstars and like chasing their dreams it gave me so much hope about what was possible you know but to see how she still had her own trials and tribulations you know she said that the recent tour she was on was probably the first tour she completed start to finish without getting sick that blew my mind because that means all those like tours in the 90s and the early 2000s that they were you know embarking on like she couldn't complete because of sickle cell anemia it's scary and she has so many more resources than I do that it's like it's just baffling to know that these things are still possible for somebody who just has so much more at their disposal but it's just a reminder that everybody like I said before like everybody's life still goes on and yours has to still go on too no matter what side of the fence you're on whether you know you're going through the traumatic situation or if you're on the outside of the traumatic situation you you have to remember that life goes on and to be you know mentally prepared for what it takes to make sure that life goes on period um 
I really do appreciate you guys taking the time to check back in this week to listen to this topic. Um, it it struck me as something that I really wanted to share. I think that's half of the battle when it comes to a lot of you know ailments is being physically strong, but being mentally prepared to always have that mindset that when I'm physically enabled, I'm always going to be mentally capable. Like it's, it's, it's important because without that, there's, you just, it's going to be so much harder for you to get through this, you know? And I really would like for everybody to fight all of their battles and come out as the victor. That's a big part of why I'm doing this. I want you guys to know that we all go through this together. We're all struggling together and we all have had situations that have been traumatic, but we're fighting through this together. Um, so please don't be afraid to find a way to be mentally strong when you're physically enabled, um, when you're physically incapable, excuse me, of being um, strong. I really want to thank everybody for coming back and listening. Like I said before, um, this is the latest episode of Sickle Teller. I'm your host, King of Day. Again, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, please um, email at sickleteller at gmail.com. You can follow us on IG at sickleteller on IG. Um, yeah, just, you know, share the podcast. Get it to as many people as possible. Not because I'm looking for the attention, but I'm looking for people to get the information. Like there's information here that's important to other people. And the more people that know about it, the more we as a community can grow. This is something that is not only for me, it's for us. And in order for it to be for us, we have to work together as a team to get this information and this podcast to as many people as possible. So please rate, share, subscribe, comment, you know, feedback, whatever it is. I would love to hear from you. I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen again. Thank you. I'm trying to keep coming with more content every week. So just be patient. Thank you. Again, this is King of Day. This is Sickle Teller. Have an amazing week. And hopefully I will see you guys soon. Stay hydrated. Stay stress-free. Stay blessed up. And we'll be in contact soon. Peace and blessings.